Welcome to the Start Something Show. Join world-renowned experts, change agents, and everyday folks who have done the amazing. All here to help you start something incredible. Now it's time to step out, live your perfect day, and create a legacy with your host, Tina Dietz. Hey, and welcome to the Start Something Show. This is Tina Dietz here to help you build and create your business oasis, the place where you can be refreshed and nourished as well as the customers and clients that you provide outstanding services and products for. Well, that sounded a little bit like a commercial, didn't it? I suddenly put on my radio DJ voice for a quick second there. Forgive me. (laughs) I slip into that every so often, you know. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, man. All right. Well, this new year certainly is starting out with a bang. Lots of cool stuff going on in the new year. What do you guys think about all the shenanigans going on? I would love to hear your thoughts on uh, what's happening in the world, what's happening in business, what's happening in the economy, all that good stuff. Shoot on over to uh, Twitter. You can find me there. My handle is the Superstarter. You can also find me under Tina Dietz. It'll all take you to the same place. Or to, uh, check us out on Facebook at the Superstarters uh, Secret Hideout. Uh, if you're a member, and if you're not a member, you can go ahead and become one for free at the startsomethingshow.com and join in our private discussion group where we do secret hideout stuff. <laughs> well, today on the show, we've got the wonderful Sharon Saylor. Sharon is a communications expert, and she works with uh, corporations large and businesses small internationally. She is well known for her many, many books on the topic of communication, but particularly on leadership and also body language. So we're going to talk today about how you may be sabotaging your own leadership and how you're perceived as a leader uh, because of your body language and what you're actually giving off to the world. And, and we're going to talk about some really specific things uh, that you can do to shift your body language and uh, kind of do's and don'ts in that realm. So that is very, very cool stuff. Uh, Today, though, for our segment on some tips for you, I want to talk with you about some tips for being interviewed. This is pretty crucial if you are building a business and not something that gets talked about unless you take, uh, actually, if you take a public speaking course, you generally don't get taught how to be interviewed. It is a separate set of skills. And uh, I've even had folks on the show here who are wonderful, wonderful speakers, but they still feel awkward when they're being interviewed because it can be very unrehearsed and they have to be on their toes. They need to be spontaneous. And it's, uh, it's very, very different than on being on a stage and having a prepared presentation that's been rehearsed and rehearsed for many, many hours. So here's a couple of tips uh, for you. Uh, Whether you're new to being interviewed or not, I think this would be helpful for you at all levels. Uh, Here's what I recommend that you do to prepare for an interview. Prepare one sheet of information that you can keep in front of you during your interview. Now, this isn't a script. This isn't even things that, you know, want to make sure that you say. At the top of the page, when you're being, when you're about to be interviewed, I want you to write down three ways of being, three ways of being, like a feeling, that you want to be perceived as. So if you want to be perceived as 
friendly. Write down friendly. If you want to be perceived as authoritative, put down that. Whatever the case may be, uh, it could be expert, it could be warm and inviting. Put down three or so ways of being at the top of the page to remind yourself to be that way. Because when we see those ways of being, we know how that feels inside of our bodies. It triggers those ways of being, and it'll be easy for you to portray that through your voice without even trying. It's really a subconscious trick. That's the first thing. The second thing I'd like you to do when you're being interviewed is to listen. Listen to the questions that are being asked and be inside of the conversation with the interviewer. You don't have to put on an act. You don't have to act like more than you are or change your voice or do any of those things. The very best interviews are when there is a give and take between the two people who are talking, or maybe three or four, but usually it's just two people talking, and it sounds like you're sitting with them having coffee. Those are the best interviews. There's an intimacy to it that makes it really, really wonderful to be a part of. So just, ima- so just imagine that you're there with them and listen. The third thing that you can do on that sheet of paper that I just mentioned that you're going to put those ways of being, you can put a couple of bullet points on there to remind yourself so you don't get stuck and you don't get stuck in the ums and ahs. So writing down something as simple as where you want people to go for to contact you on that sheet of paper or your mission statement or a couple of things that you want to make sure that you get into the conversation. Very brief bullet points. Don't script it out. Just have it in front of you so that you can refer to it as a glance as you're chatting. And it's okay to pause during an interview. It's okay to to laugh or to say, wait a minute, let me you know, let me figure this out for a second. It's all right. It's, it's all in the space of being natural. And many interviews are pre-recorded, so any flubs can be edited out in post-production. So just relax. The next tip I have for you is to breathe. You'd be amazed at the difference it makes when you take four or five deep breaths before starting any interview. Just relax. They're not going to eat you. There are no sharks that are going to come through your microphone. They really, they don't fit in the in the wires. The sharks don't fit in the wires. They, they really don't. So, <laughs> uh, so don't worry about it. No one's going to eat you. No one's going to yell at you. Just be yourself and, and really relax. So let's recap. On that sheet of paper, you can write your bullet points, but more importantly, at the top of the paper, write the three ways of being that you want people to perceive you as. So friendly, helpful, uh, loyal. I'm just trying to think of a whole bunch of words like that that might trigger your, uh, your, your own creativity. Those three words. Some bullet points that you want to have in front of you just as reference but not a script. Breathe and also listen. If you do those four simple things for any interview, you I can guarantee you that the person interviewing you will be 100% happier in interviewing you and want to promote your episode and want to have you back on the show again. So those are a couple of tips for you about being interviewed. It would be great if you would go and try those out. Uh, Go get yourself on some shows. Just go and ask to be on some shows. Why not, right? And let me know how it goes for you. You can always reach me at thestartsomethingshow.com. And you can also find me all over the universe of social media. So there's always that as well. Uh, Send me a note. 
I'd love to hear how this worked for you. Let's talk about leadership and body language with Sharon Saylor. My guest today on the show is Sharon Saylor. Sharon is an international communications trainer, speaker, best-selling author of seven books, and the CEO of strategic communications firm Competitive Edge Communications, which is a company devoted to teaching professionals all over the world how to be courageous leaders using critical communication skills. And one of the things that Sharon is best known for is her work around body language. Her book, What Your Body Says and How to Master the Message, which was published by Wiley and Sons, has been translated into six languages and is used in universities around the world. So Sharon, thank you so much for starting something with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Tina. Yes, I love your work. And um, I think this is a topic, too, that uh, as we dig into it a little bit deeper today and then later on the backstage pass, we have to pay more attention to as leaders, regardless of uh, of where we're at. And I'm, so I'm glad to have you on the show to tackle that today. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we get into all the, the meat of the matter, though, I'd love to talk some more about you and your journey. And what made you want to step up, change your life, start a business and, and start something? Wow. Big question. Yeah, I know. It wasn't actually in body language. That came later. It was that I had two children and I honestly was so done. And this was way long time ago, dating myself here. I was so done with corporate America that I wanted to be able to spend more time with my children and create my time on my terms. That's why I started something on my own. I guess the vision and the dream and the business came actually later. It developed very organically. I wish I could say, oh, yes, I had this momentary aha and it all unfolded. But it really just came out of a desire and a need to spend more time with my sons. I can relate to that. I mean, my my first uh, stepping off experiences were out of a result of uh, nursing at 3 a.m. in front of the computer trying to find answers. So I could totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing? Uh, And yeah, so I think that's our motivations are are so personal and so intimate to who we are, um, whether they do come from a big aha moment or they come from the aha moment of saying, I, I'm not willing to tolerate this anymore. What were your, some of your first business ventures? What did you learn from them? Well, I did have a degree in graphic design. And so I just started telling friends and family, you know, anybody that needs a marketing brochure designed, you know, you know, posters, anything like that. And it was amazing just through that word of mouth, I got a few jobs here and there that I cut my teeth on. That was a very learning process in how much to charge, oh, yeah, <laughs> how to contract, all of that. So I'm glad I didn't jump in 150% right away because that was a very, that probably first six months was a time of doing things for family and friends that was a learning process of, okay, this is how much time it really takes. And the one thing I learned is something you think is going to take an hour will probably take two to three hours at least. Oh, so true. <laughs> and so then I just continued to get more word of mouth referrals until lo and behold, it had developed into a f- pretty full-time business, at least as full of my time as I wanted. So I had time to be able to go to the soccer games and the baseball games and things like that with the boys. That's really neat. So then how did you transition 
from that business into you know what you're known for now your all of your work around communications um and body language mindfulness um and those really uh important topics that you work with you know companies all over the world and I, I wish here i could say it was planned as well <laughs> you know what it's never planned it's always it's never that's one of the reasons i love all my guests on this show is we've all got these wild twisty journeys nothing's ever linear and yet that that really tells our audience i like, guess what we're all the same you know <laughs> Well, I was going through a really a very tumultuous, very painful divorce. And my friends know when Sharon is going through tough times, distract her by teaching her something. So Good method. They found a communications class one weekend. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday communications class at a local university that was really known for adult education types of opportunities. So several of us went. It was a somewhat of a surprise to me. It's like, Sharon, you know, we've got the boys taking care of all this. We're going away for three days. Went to this conference and had an amazing time. Saturday morning, they had a speaker, one of the foremost authorities on nonverbal communication, give a speech for our four-hour session. And I was mesmerized. I've never been so fascinated in my life is not only what he was saying, but intuitively, I'm like, all of his body language was so congruent that I couldn't take my eyes off of him. About two hours in, he calls what he called a pause and refresh. And he walked up to me, there's probably 50, 60 or more people in the room. And I'm actually pretty introverted. <laughs> <laughs> and shy, and he walks up and he whispers in my ear, let's go for a walk. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> we go for a walk during this pause and refresh, and he proceeds to tell me all about me. It was like a psychic reading. In fact, so much so, I went back to my friends and accused them of setting me up. And he, they said, no, what are you talking about? He said, you're in the arts, you're going through a tough time. And I'm just like, okay. He totally read you, huh? Yes. Wow. And then sat me back down and whispered in my ear again, oh, and if you'd think with your mouth closed, you'd look more intelligent. Well, oh, geez. <laughs> so imagine being mesmerized. Now, just all of a sudden, get your eyes really big and let your jaw go really slack so your mouth is hanging open, as my dear grandma would have said, catching flies kind of mouth. Mm -hmm. And just imagine, you can just sort of feel like it's sort of a dopey look, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And I was hooked. I was totally hooked. So afterwards, I went up and told him, all right, I'm completely intrigued. How do I get more? How do I learn more? And that started a 25-year men mentorship that still is very active today. Uh, I traded my graph, some of my graphic design skills, and he trained teaching me. And pretty soon... It became such a passion and love that I had an opportunity to sell the graphic design business to a local printer, and the rest is history. I just continued to mentor with him and other experts in the field. I'm a huge proponent of mentors, really, just people that are willing to uh, take you under their wing and, and believe in you. Yeah, that's, there's very few things that are more valuable than than true mentorship, 
knowing that somebody is there for us and sees us as bigger than we are and has that wisdom or knowledge that um, they're willing to share with us. And it's such an incredible relationship, but it is a relationship. It does take time to to grow and develop. And I, I like how you illustrate that, you know, you had something of value to him that you could offer that would free up some of his time and uh, his energy and, and make a contribution in his work. And then he could, you know, contribute to you as well. That and lovely that's cycle. Why, yeah. Yeah. That's why it, it turned out as well as it has over the years, because it started, I was designing some book covers for him, got him his first website, things like that. But then pretty soon I'm editing his books. And then I co-wrote two of his books with him. And the lovely thing about true mentors, they know when you're ready. And even some of my protesting, because I didn't want to get up on stage and do speeches, I was co-teaching with him a little bit. But the lovely thing about the right types of mentors is they push you out of the nest. (laughs) Very true. You don't always like it, but yes. (laughs) No, I wasn't too thrilled that I was being pushed out of the nest. But the minute I landed on the ground, I knew I'd landed with both feet and that he was absolutely right. And now for the last 10 or 12 years, it's been sort of two friends sharing ideas. The things that I learned from my work and my clients, I take back to him over breakfast and he'll share what he's learning. And so now it's become sort of what we call each other, two-way mentorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And going from becoming a, 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 someone who's learning from to becoming a peer is, and that's glorious. Uh, and I've been on, you know, and I know you and I have both been on the receiving end of that as well as being mentors to other people. And I, I know that as a mentor, um, there are a few things more gratifying than having someone mentored, you know, um, surpass, you know, you know, my knowledge or my uh, success or, you know, even, you know, having them like soar. It's just, it's such an incredible feeling. A little bit, a little bit like being a parent. It is. It is. And I love it when someone will call me up or will go out to eat or something and share with me, oh my goodness, you know, remember this and that? Well, I tried it and I did it and this is what I learned. And so my learning continues to soar through them as well. So whatever they learn from me and they go out and do it and they come back and say, wow, did you know? And I'm like, oh, I'd never thought of that. Fantastic. So it just expands everybody's knowledge. I can't say highly enough how important finding good mentors in your life is. Yeah, very true. Now, um, circling around to the what you learn from from your mentor and now uh, what you teach and what you coach on and and you work both with entrepreneurs and solopreneurs as well as organizations and uh, like Delta Airlines and Yale's Graduate School of Management. Um, so I love that how you spend it because this work that you do in communications is so incredibly holographic. It's so it's so fundamental. Let's talk about. Um, specifically nonverbal communication. So why uh, is it so important for leaders to get a solid knowledge and understanding of nonverbal communication? Oh, (laughs) because if your mouth is saying something that your body is saying something else, people will believe your body language and you'll walk out of that meeting or whatever it was discussion thinking that you've sent one message and everyone else has picked up a different message and we'll be working from 
the nonverbal communications message. And so that's often how confusion happens. Like, well, I said, well, not really. (laughs) You (laughs) You left us with the impression that you weren't really solid on that idea, or it was open to debate, or it was open to discussion, or, you know, and that's where a lot of confusion comes from, because we will believe somebody's nonverbal before we believe what comes out of their mouth every time. Yeah, even if we're not entirely conscious of it, right? Oh, yes. Oftentimes, it's an unconscious reaction to someone. Just feels odd or it feels, feels off. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Now, um, now, do you have? Um, can you give us an example of of, of this? Maybe some through uh, an example that that folks would would kind of recognize or know or understand from, say, the media or famous people. Oh, let's see. Absolutely. If you watch the debates, there are several of the politicians now that want to sound very definitive and want to sound very leadership-like, in control, and this is the answer. Well, the two things they're doing is they're using an upward palm gesture when they speak, and that's all about open for debate, seeking information, seeking resolution, so that is a mismatch there. The voice is trying to sound definitive, and the palm and the hand gesture is sending the opposite message, like, oh, I'm open for debate, I'm flexible here, <laughs> you know, seeking more information. The other part of that was when they start try to sound definitive, what they're doing is they're using a voice pattern that's sort of sing-songy. I call it the connection voice pattern. If you think of a flight attendant, it's very connection type of... And we'll be flying, you know, and we'll be flying and sending out the root beer at after we reach 10,000 feet. And it's very sing-songy. Yes, very up and down musicality. Yeah. Right. We're a captain of a plane. It's very flat. It's, and we'll be flying at 30,000 feet. Well, that's definitive. You know that guy is in, in control of that plane. And he's going to get you there when he said he's going to get you there. But that sing-songy voice is all about building connection and relationship, which is wonderful if that's what you want. But the problem is too often people are using that sing-songy voice when they're trying to send a definitive answer. Right. So you might use that musical sing-songy kind of voice when you are first coming out and that introduction and all that. And then you might move into something that's a little flatter and more straightforward and more definitive. Absolutely. And, and that's and it why, depends. Yeah. That's yeah, why it's so important that, that we listen to ourselves when we're when we're practicing how we speak. I am a huge fan yeah. of videotaping. And I know people cringe, but it is so easy now. You just set an iPod up on a table, step back and do it. And this is how you videotape yourself. You videotape yourself, you watch it four times. And the first time, go ahead, be as critical as you want. Oh my goodness, the camera really does add five pounds. What was I thinking? What a bad hair day, whatever. The second time you go through it and you just watch, and I'll say in air quotes, that person. I want you to see it and observe it as if it's just watching a television show. You're not allowed to say anything critical about yourself, but you can say critical things about that person. The third time you watch it, now you coach that person. Well, if I was to coach, I'll say Sharon, I would tell her, you know, and whatever it is. 
I would tell her to stand up straighter. I would tell her to use the command voice pattern there instead of the connection voice pattern there. And you go through and coach her like that. And then the fourth time, you, if you just need to, you can coach it in third person again. If I was to coach her, I would tell her and don't put your name to it. That's a very cool process. <laughs> it is. I like that. I'm actually making you. a note about this because this is a really great process. And I hope all of you listening, um, if you're in a place where you can jot this down, you definitely want to jot this down and use it. If you're not in a place where you can jot this down, remember, so you can always go back and re-listen to this and watch, or not watch, but read the show notes uh, at the startsomethingshow.com because we'll make sure that we have this annotated for you. Yeah, it's a great way to disconnect yourself, your ego and your emotions from what you're seeing on screen. So you just go through the process of getting less critical as you go until all of a sudden you're talking about that person, nameless person on the screen and what you would do to coach them. It's great when we can put ourselves in that mindset. It's so much more objective, so much more useful than getting into our own default settings of uh, uh, (laughs) self-criticism. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so easy to fall into that, right? <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we, we've kind of um, going back and forth between verbal and nonverbal communication here. On the nonverbal side, uh, for folks who are, um, a lot of the folks that are, are listening are practitioners of one kind or another, or they are uh, solopreneurs who provide really wonderful services, but, you know, not everybody sees themselves as a business person. So, you know, not a lot of people with uh, three-piece suits on, let's put it that way. So uh, what would, might be some ways that folks can pay attention to, to appear professional, but yet not have to appear stiff? Well, that's interesting that you bring it up because there are a lot of people that I wouldn't want to see in a three-piece suit. There are a lot of professions that I'm going, if they showed up in a three-piece suit, it would be a total disconnect. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding, right? Right. And including, you know, graphic designers are oftentimes are very art-oriented people and they might dress a little uniquely. It's really not about the dress other than I say dress appropriately and please dress in clean clothes, that sort of thing. Of course. But let your personality show through, whether it's a fancy scarf or, you know, a a tie or something. I I know one fellow who loves to wear crazy socks. So let your personality shine through in your clothes. Dress appropriately and dress If you're going on a sales call, please dress as similar to the people that you're meeting because people unconsciously hire people just like them. And it's interesting that if they have a favorite color and you know this particular client always wears a blue tie, wear something blue. If they always wear a red tie, wear something red. Because that's showing their color preference, so you can pick up on those sorts of things. As well as you want to, now this isn't mimicking, it's called mirror and matching. When you meet them, if you see them doing particular behaviors, like they're sitting down and they're very comfortable in the chair, get comfortable in the chair. Don't sit there very stiff and afraid to move. So you want to get comfortable in the chair. And then the other things that you can do is the number one thing that you're judged on is how you're breathing. You could come in and be quite competent, but not look confident because you're breathing high and rapid. 
And what happens when people see you breathing high and rapid, they think that you're afraid, there's danger, there's something else. And this fight or flight is contagious. So they're going, well, hmm, they walked into the room, they're breathing quite high and rapid. Am I in danger? Now, they don't think that consciously, but that ancient part of their brain actually kicks in and goes, oh my goodness, they're breathing high and rapid, their fight or flight mechanism is activated, yours automatically activates. And what happens is then all of a sudden, it can escalate to where both of you are breathing high and rapid. And you're like, why isn't it going the way I want it to go? But so many things happen. I'm continuing to breathe right high and rapid here. You can hear the voice changes. And you're probably getting your metabolism changing right now just listening to me, right? Yes, definitely. It's, it's, it's very, <laughs> all of a sudden you kind of catch yourself going, ah, oh, you know. It's... And that happens on an unconscious level when we're not prepared and ready to do it. It's so easy to activate our fight or flight mechanism, especially if we feel like it's a do or die situation. I've got to get the sale, whatever it is. But all you have to do to reset that whole mechanism, just take a couple of nice deep breaths. <sighs> Mm. It's funny. It We're resets all doing it right now. Back. Yes, exactly. It, it does. It's it's a, it almost a, a breath is just such an incredible tool. We we almost never look at it as a tool. It's an amazing, amazing tool. So here on the show, we've talked about the breath as being a tool for uh, increasing your you know levels of serotonin, increasing your levels of oxytocin, uh, you know, to increase the feelings of love. We've had experts on and uh, how to use the breath to uh, you know release emotion. And, and now we're talking about using the breath to actually in, to shift other people's perception of who yeah. we are. Absolutely. And so something just so fundamental as breathing can, can change so many things about us and, and so much a, about how we're perceived by other people as well. So there's, there's nothing like that. Now, I know that you were going to be joining us on the Backstage Pass to dig deeper into this topic of body language and communication. Before we do that, though, I want to make sure that everybody knows that they can head over to SharonSailor.com. And if you go to SharonSailor.com slash body language gift, you can grab Sharon's five little known things that affect how others see you and the power moves you need to master your nonverbal language. This is a really cool book. I downloaded myself and it is pretty jam packed and it's got some great steps to uh, that you can go ahead and use right away to start mastering this message of what you are saying without actually saying it out in the world. So yeah. it's a powerful place to look to uh, to shift your being and then therefore your business. And not to mention, this is also really helpful with uh, kids, spouses, friends, community as well. This This affects everybody. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. This isn't just for business. It absolutely works anywhere, any any place. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, imagine if uh, if everybody knew that they could uh, have their children listen to them more by shifting their body language. Hmm. And right. I think we want to listen to that. And I know that that is possible with this work as well because I've I've tried it, I've used it, I've seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, it's been really really useful. So. Sharon, I'm looking forward to having you on the Backstage Pass. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've got one really powerful question that I want to leave folks with because everyone who comes on the show uh, is here 
having a very purpose-driven business, and uh, we all want to stand together and making a big difference in the world. So would you share with our listeners, you know, what's the legacy that you'd like to leave? A kinder, gentler world as far as communication goes. I think so often the words we use, the body language we use, unintentionally leaves a trail of harm. Maybe intentionally, too. I hope not. But my whole purpose is to show people there's actually a different way and an easier way to communicate with people. Once you're consciously aware of the nonverbal communication you're sending, my whole life changed in an inst- very quickly when I realized, wow, this is powerful. And <laughs> I continued to learn more and more about it. And I see every day in my clients where I give them a skill, they go out and try it, they get positive reinforcement, and they come back and they say, wow, that really works. It's a beautiful thing to see, and that uh, allows you to continue to mentor people in their journey. And thank you for mentoring us today. You're on the show. My pleasure. And it's been a pleasure to have you, my dear. All right, superstarters, as you're out in the world, start trying on how you can shift your body language to change the way that you are perceived or make sure that your verbal message is congruent with your body language message. So you can check out Sharon's website uh, and her information at SharonSailor.com, or you can go back to the StartSomethingShow.com and check out the show notes. We'll have everything for you there. And always remember that as a superstarter, if you join our free membership, you can join us on Facebook at the Superstarter Secret Hideout as well, where we're masterminding every day on how to bring your business oasis into reality and so that you can leave the legacy you want to leave in this world. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show, and we'll see you next week. Start something with purpose. Start something with freedom. Start something now. Go to the startsomethingshow.com, join our community of superstarters, and get your perfect day planner pack, a free resource to help you create the life you've dreamed of living. Take action now and we'll see you for our next exciting episode.